Morning, everybody. Um, Want to start back in 1973. My actually 1972. My parents had an absolute moment of weakness. They bought me a 1973 Chevrolet Camaro. It was yellow. It had a black vinyl top. And since we ordered it in 1972, it came with the 327 engine. It was my identity. And I put a bumper sticker on the back of it that said, I am bound for the promised land. And I didn't put that on there because I was particularly religious when I was young. I put that on there because it was a great way to meet women. (laughs) And I'm telling you the truth, what they would ask about that. And I'd kind of give them my spiel. Well, the Salt Lake City Police Department also noticed that bright yellow Camaro. And there were a number of times when I got pulled over and the police officer would come up and say, young man, if you don't slow down, you will be bound for the promised land. And so I also, at an early age, learned how to go to traffic school and some good stuff like that. Well, I grew up, and it was a whole bunch of years later, the Camaro was gone. Matter of fact, I was driving a Plymouth four-door that had a car seat, but I still remembered that phrase, bound for the promised land, because that's what we are, all of us. It's a promise of baptism. That someday Jesus Christ is going to say to you and me, come on down, because you're going to the promised land forever with me. It's a promise of baptism. You know, when members of the church die many times, their caskets will sit right here. And those caskets are covered with a funeral pall. And that funeral pall is reminiscent of God fulfilling all his promises in baptism. What did, what did Jesus say to John the Baptist today? That all righteousness is fulfilled. All rightness, your standing with God, it all comes together. In baptism. Do you listen to that Romans 6 reading? Those are some of the last words that are ever going to be spoken over you and me as we're laid to rest. That when you were baptized into Christ Jesus, you were baptized into his death. And as God raised Jesus from the dead, so he will raise us also. Great stuff. Now, 
This last week, I had to go in for my annual physical, and that all was fine. But four times, they asked me what my name was and what my birthday was. Four times. I'm proud to tell you I got it right every time. (laughs) I got it right every time. But now here's the question of the day. Who here knows the date of their baptism? Okay. This is, I mean, in the 930 service, they sat there going, oh, would you talk about something else? <laughs> Isn't it amazing, though, that we talk about baptism in terms of living forever with Jesus and it being important, and we don't tie anything to it? I mean, you ever gone to CVS Pharmacy and had them say, what's your baptismal birthday? Uh Uh-uh. We don't have anything tied to that. And yet we say, this is about life and death. So let's talk baptism today, just for a couple minutes. We're in Matthew's gospel. Okay? How does Matthew? Matthew's a good Jewish boy. And he starts off his gospel with a long genealogy because he has to prove that Jesus comes from the right bloodline and the right people. You know, you got to do everything just according to the law. And so, I mean, you want to take a nap this afternoon, go read that. Okay? Then we get into the middle of Matthew chapter 1, and we have the whole... Mary and Joseph drama where the angel keeps showing up and saying, I got some news for you. And finally, Joseph mans up and says, okay, I'm going to do the God plan. And so we get into Matthew chapter 2, and what do you find there? Come on, we just went over all this. The Magi, the wise men. And they see Herod, and then they go find the baby Jesus, and the angel shows up again. And says, boys, I need you to go home another way. And they do. So we get into Matthew chapter 3 today. The baptism of Jesus. And like I said, Jesus says, look at John, you've got to baptize me because all righteousness, all right standing, all of God's plan hinges on this question for you. Why did Jesus need to get baptized? I mean, after all, he's without sin. As we say in the Lutheran Confessions, he's 100% God and 100% man. So why did Jesus have to get baptized? You expect me to give you the answer? Okay. This is like an announcement, a coming out. The key thing Matthew wants you to think about is that voice from heaven that says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. It is God's introduction into this world. It is God saying there's nothing. There's nothing that is going to stand in the way of me reconciling this world unto myself and claiming people like you and me 
and letting us know we're loved. Identity, crazy deal. I watched my little grandson, Roman, and he's, he's trying to figure this whole identity deal out, and he's going to get his world shook pretty good because he's going to have a baby brother pretty soon. So anyhow, you know, for Roman's third birthday, he wanted to be a garbage man. That was cool. Okay, but then by August, he was on to um, wanting to operate an excavator. Okay, and then for Halloween, he was a fireman. And it just goes on. You can see him bouncing around trying to figure out identity. You know, can you remember when you were trying to figure out identity? Some of us are still working on that, aren't we? Yeah. I drive by Deerberg's the other day, and there's a lady out there with bright pink hair. Oh, I mean, it was pink. And if I, my kids have taught me, well, dad, don't say anything. Okay? So I look, and she's walking a dog. And the dog is dyed bright pink. And I thought, uh-uh. She's figuring out identity. You know, when I was at Lutheran family for all those years, I could never figure out why all the young female social workers would get tattoos. Okay, and it's one thing you never commented on. You know, you're figuring out identity. Or how many of us old people here? Those of us who grew up in the 60s and 70s, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But how many of us had a pair of bell-bottoms? Oh, yeah. Tie-dye shirts. Do you want to talk about it now, Patty? Or? <laughs> oh, okay. And did we have long hair? Oh, man, those were the trademarks of the 60s. and 70s. We were figuring out our identity. You know, nobody ever told us we were going to grow up to be old. Jesus, in being baptized, gives us our identity. For me, it happened on September 28th, 1952. My parents, my grandparents, answered, they're all gone now, resting in heaven. But they stood there as Pastor John Baumgartner at Capitol Drive Lutheran Church said, Alan Michael Erdman, just as you saw Scott do it, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy. It's our I gotcha day. It's the day that God says, I'm never going to let you go. You ever looked at your baptismal How many of you can find your baptismal certificates? Good, a couple of you actually can. On there it says, you belong to God and Jesus Christ in the name of the Father, the Son, and the just like the auto titles you have. You're owned by God. And what a cool thing that is. Well, let's talk. You ever notice when you come in this church, it just screams baptism? Okay. When you come in the church, once you get by the money changers out in the lobby there and 
you know, all the things we want you to sign up for. What's the first thing you pass? The baptismal font. And don't you think for a minute that that baptismal font is back there just because we didn't have any place else to put it, okay? It's back there to symbolize that baptism is our entry into the Christian faith. It's our way in. And do you ever touch that font? I do all the time. I'll walk in the church and I just touch that font and I remember that my life with Jesus started there. A lot of times when we're getting ready to do a funeral, I'll just put my hand on that font for a minute and I hear that voice of God saying, this is my beloved child with whom I am well pleased. Because they're bound for the promised land. And it's a good deal. Now, you come into church here, and what's the first thing that grabs you? Probably the windows. Okay? And I got to tell you, I'm glad the sun finally just shined a little today. Because I had to ask in the other services, which one of these windows is the baptismal window? Yeah, it's that one right there. That one right there is the Cairo, the first two letters in the name of Christ, but the water cascading down to symbolize the washing of our, and get this, right next to it is the Matthew window. I couldn't ask for any more. Okay, but what's the shape that goes throughout this church? The church is shaped like a fish, but octagon. There are, how much, what's the shape of the baptismal font? Eight-sided, octagon. What's the cover of the lid? How's the lid on the baptismal font shaped? Octagon. For the eight people saved on Noah's Ark. But even more, if you look at the altar, it's an, come on, octagon. Because that octagon symbolizes God is at work here amongst us. God at work in our lives. Pretty cool thing. So what did we say in the Nicene Creed this morning? I believe in one baptism for the remission of sins and the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. So I was trying to figure out what could I give you guys today to, to help you remember your baptisms, you know? And first thing I thought about was, and Pastor Scott was much braver than me, okay? But I thought about taking the lid off the baptismal font and putting water in it and then inviting you all on your way out of church today to put your hand in there and just take a little of that water and, you know, renew your baptisms, make the sign of the cross. But I wasn't brave enough. You know, I thought surely somebody's going to take a handful of that water and throw it at somebody else. And, you know, we're just going to have a problem with that. Then I got to thinking about when we have a baptism, we always give the parents a candle. And we tell them to go home and to light that candle on your 
child's baptismal birthday. And I even went so far as to go into staff meeting and ask if I could use the candles from Christmas Eve, you know, because I figured they just will sit in a box till next Christmas Eve. But then I had to come to the realization that 97% of those candles would never be lit. You know, a bunch of us would leave them in our cars, okay? And this July, when that candle melted all over your car, you'd remember your baptism, okay? And that wouldn't work. Or we take, how often do we take stuff home and put it in a drawer for safekeeping? And five years from now, you would find that candle, okay? Case in point, how many of you can't find your King of Kings name tag? You don't have to put your hands up. Okay. But life is like that. So how do we remember our baptisms? And I went back to that voice from heaven, God announcing his son, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Beloved. You know, that word means to enter, in the Old English, it means to enter into the heart of God, to enter into somebody's heart. And that's what baptism is. It's you and I entering into the heart of God to know he will never leave us or let us alone, that we are his. So I want you to do this this morning. I want you to say to yourself, Jesus loves me. You do that? Jesus loves me. Okay, then I want you to say to yourself, Jesus Christ is pleased about my life. And that's going to be real hard for some of you because you're carrying a bunch of stuff around. Say it, Jesus Christ is pleased about my life. One last one. Say to yourself, I belong to Jesus Christ forever. And then we're going to scream it out loud. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some of you aren't with me. Let's try it again. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting.